game described by two ugly gentlemen glory to columbus who are probably sitting at a soccer bar near you mcbride's in the box a hard cross mcbride scores it's 3-0 united states welcome to bone and bean united what is up happy soccer podcast day i am not bone i am in fact beam bone is traveling he's out in the great state of colorado where he's celebrating a big birthday instead of bone we have the fine dulcet tones of our great friend who I consistently disagree with. I usually want to punch him in the mouth or the nose, which I do from time to time. He is the venerable Patrick Murphy. Patrick, happy soccer podcast day, bud. What's happening? Not much. Most people want to punch me in the nose. It's true. So the fact that you actually go through with it yep. is something I appreciate about you. Yep, absolutely, man. Well, I'm glad to have you here. There's yeah. a lot happening here in the world of soccer. Got a lot to get to today. If you are listening on the radio, we are within an hour of the crew, well, I guess an hour and a half, of the crew taking on FC Cincinnati. Actually, not an hour because the game is played on Sunday. Anyways, I'm drunk. It's 9 o'clock in the morning. It's soccer podcast day. So we got hell is real this weekend. We're going to get into that momentarily. Premier League is back. Maybe already decided with the title winners. Not sure. City looking good. Erling Holland already off to a fantastic start in the Golden Boot Race. We will do that. We'll talk a little Manchester United talk, Pat, since you're here in the building. And one of your favorite players of all time, a man who simply goes by one name, has left for Saudi Arabia. And that guy goes by the name of Neymar. And you are a gigantic fan of his. I was really hoping we were going to talk about Fred. Fred, who, that's true. Who didn't go to Saudi Arabia, but does go by one name and did leave, or is leaving, I guess. But if you want to talk Neymar, I'll talk Neymar. We could also talk more Fred, because I know that you're a diehard Fred fan. <laughs> What's been going on, man? You been all right? I'm good. Uh, look, you and I are going to see each other a lot more now that the season started. Not that we don't see each other very much in the off season, because I think we still do a good job of that. Uh, but yeah, no, things are good. good. It's 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 the busy season for sure. It is the busy season for you. Alongside covering the Columbus Crew, you're covering Ohio State football, so... Got a whole lot happening here in football land, one of American variety, one of non-American variety for you. So it is a busy fall uh, that is upcoming. Let's set the table here, Pat. Let's kind of do a first, I don't know, 60% of the season for 70% of the season recap for you. Wilfried Nancy comes in, first year crew head coach. Now, T-Bone and I have talked on this podcast many a times before, like you didn't exactly know when this team was going to start clicking. And I think you go back to the beginning of the year and you thrash Atlanta. It's like, well, maybe the crew's in there somewhere, like the real identity. And then you get hammered in a couple of games. It's like, all right, this is a pretty wild roller coaster ride that what this team is. Now, over the course of the last couple of months, they have found their footing. They've been a lot better. But tale of the first 60% of the season from you under Wilfried Nancy and what to expect. We'll get into that here a little bit later on as we preview the Cincy game. But what have you noticed through the first few months of Wilfried Nancy's tenure here in Columbus? Well, I think if you're, you know, you're just a fan of this team, it's hard to be disappointed with what you've got on the field. I mean, they're certainly in contention for the playoffs. Um, prior to this League's Cup break, they hadn't lost in, what, like two months yeah. almost? Um, All the way back to May. Yeah. So you, you're getting results. It's entertaining to watch. Um Defense sometimes seems to be optional for this team, but uh, it's fun. They're attacking, and they've rebuilt this roster very quickly. Mm -hmm. Like, the the number of changes I did not expect. I mean, you look at what 
they could line up potentially against against Cincinnati uh, and how different that might look than even the last MLS game against Portland, which was in mid-July, so just under a month ago, uh, or just around a month ago. And uh, it could be a very different-looking group than than the team that played against Portland. Now, some of that has to do with injuries, yep. um, guys wanting to you know depart, the opportunity to bring new guys in and all that. But, look, I, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. On paper, I think this team is very dangerous for the final, you know, what, 11 games of the season or whatever there is. All right, so you talked about additions and how they've kind of rebuilt this roster pretty quickly. And I think we were all underwhelmed in January when Bez announced, well, I guess Bez didn't announce it, but the team did announce, like, you were moving on from Jonathan Mensah. So, like, that was going to be a problem spot for you. Center yeah. back was going to be an issue. Uh, Milos has since moved on. Like he's gone. He's away from the team. Um, a couple other guys that you lost in the off season. And then of course the big one here a few weeks ago, Lucas Elrion being transferred out. And then you bring in Diego Rossi before we get to expectations for Diego Rossi, just your thoughts on those players moving what they've been so far. And then are the shocking move. I think to all crew fans was that Zellerion moved on. Like that seemed together. Like you and I were together the weekend before it was announced right. that he was transferred out. We were both laughing. Like, Hey Pat, I heard that Lucas Zellerion is going to Saudi Arabia. And it's like, we both had a laugh. Like, right. yeah, it's not going to happen. And then fast forward like 72 hours or whatever from us hanging out. And it actually did happen. When you look at that kind of in a scope, of them selling Lucas Zellerion, which I think could argue, arguably go down as one of the greatest players to ever wear the black and gold, even though it's a short, compact time right. uh, that we got to see him here in Columbus. Uh, how surprised were you about that move? And you mentioned in a playoff race, expectations to get to the playoffs, exciting soccer, the way that they're playing, especially that link-up play between him and Cucho, the fact that they actually did that mm -hmm. instead of just being a hy hypothetical move that they made. Well, I think going back to the, the beginning of the season and getting rid of Jonathan Mensah, um, it, it kind of set in motion a lot of the things that they've done defensively. Wilfred Donzi wants to play this possession style, right? And so only some center backs are really that comfortable playing that way, and, and they've moved on from guys that haven't been. I mean, you start the year with Milos and Philip Quinton, who yeah. this past weekend played for Crew 2 again uh, after signing with the first team this season. So, you know, you you had an idea there. It wasn't working up to what Wilfred Nancy wants. And, and most recently, they've been playing with a back three that doesn't feature any center backs. So, look, I don't know how much, maybe it's just the shock value of mm -hmm. kind of seeing guys that don't play center back play center back. And look, they've given up plenty of goals, but they also score a bunch of goals. So, like, it's give and take with Wilfred Nancy. If you can possess the ball, you can control the ball. You don't necessarily need to have I think ideally you'd like to have center backs that, that can possess and play and all that but it those don't grow on trees um and yes that they do <laughs> yes they do well they grow on trees they're just expensive yes trees. correct uh and uh, yeah so the look I I can't argue with the results I it's not the way I would defend I like actual defenders but again the results have been more or less pretty good um you know you did just beat club america for yeah not too long ago right which was crazy because that was the day that lucas all around the yeah. transfer was announced and like you were in attendance you were over at you were over the ldc for that game right i mean it, it was such a weird four hours and t-bone and i talked about that on that week's podcast like you find out that this may be happening oh no it actually is happening and then he's like sent off you know he gets the big wave off great applause from the fans like you could see that he was emotional when that was happening. And then you go out 
looked like you were going to get destroyed by Club America. They're pounding for a second goal when it's one to one, and then you flip that game on its head. Yeah, I mean it. It, it was that was an interesting one because you got to see the crew play in transition, which they don't do a lot because more often than not in MLS they are able to at least dictate some of the play, if not mm-hmm. the entire game. Uh, so that was an interesting change. That day was nuts. I mean, and I, I think I've told you, <laughs> yeah. like, I got a call that this was happening and that it was being announced, like, shortly. And You're Like, this isn't real. Well, yeah, like, I was shocked. And they, I, I think it's probably fine to talk about this at this point. Like, uh, the the team got me on the phone with Bez. They did the same with, I think, Mike Garris at the yeah. dispatch. Uh, but it was like, we're getting rid of Lucas. He's going to Saudi Arabia. Here's Bez in five minutes. I was like, what? Like, wait a I, minute. Wait I, a minute. Let me comprehend that. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so I'm trying to figure out, uh, wait, what am I? I thought this, because it was just that morning that Rudy Camacho, the center back that they traded for Montreal, was announced. And Bez and I had met a week or so before and talked about center back stuff. And so I thought, oh, okay, this is just going to be an update. You know, how does he fit type of thing mm-hmm. in their mind? How did this move come across? Because they do that from time to time. And then it's that. And I was like, wait, what? Uh, so, you know, we were able to talk to Bez about it a little bit. And then there's the game that night. Yeah. And they didn't even say that they were doing anything for Lucas until, you know, shortly before the game. So I go to the parking lot at the Nordic tailgate and people are you know, coming up to me left and right. So that was a nuts game. But getting into like the, the nuts and bolts of it, I think the way that they want to play, which we were just talking about, there's the possibility at least, and in their mind a good possibility, that a guy like Diego Rossi, who is younger um, and has dominated in this league mm-hmm. before, can come in and possibly be a better fit for what they want to do. He's more energetic than Lucas. He's going to press the way that Wilfred Nancy likes that, that Lucas just couldn't or wouldn't do. Dugan at press? This point. Yeah, maybe. It's my favorite term in soccer. It is a great, great term. Uh, unfortunately, it's run most prominently by Liverpool, and yeah. we, you and I don't personally mm-hmm. like them. But um, so, look, I think that this could end up being a net positive, even though you lost arguably your best player in franchise history. How quickly it will be a net positive, if it is, I think is a question because you got 11 games left in the regular season. Wilfred Nancy's a guy who has kind of slowly integrated signings. Uh, that, that weren't there in the preseason, and he's talked about how important chemistry is. So how quickly is Diego Rossi, who was in preseason with Fenerbahce, yeah. going to be ready to go? Uh, I think a lot of people just kind of expect he's going to start against FC Cincinnati. I would caution that he's probably coming off the bench, especially given that the attack has not struggled. Like a, like a Kucho coming off the bench in his first appearance, like a 30-minute kind of a Yeah, appearance. exactly. Look, it, you know, it's going to be fitness. It's going to be fit. And I, I would be surprised if Wilfred Nancy disrupts that front three of Cucho, Christian Ramirez, and just recently in the last couple games, Alex Matan, who have all played really well. So, look, I think, again, I think Diego Rossi going to be very good. I think he can he can really help his team. I think maybe you don't see the full effects of that until maybe the postseason, maybe even next season, just depending on how things are going. Um, but I do like the move a lot. I think it's unfortunate that you had to move on from Lucas Elrond, yeah. which they did, I want to make clear, have to move Lucas. There was very briefly the thought that they What could... about the whole <laughs> keeping Darlington and cutting yeah. down his contract yeah. and keeping Cucho and Lucas and adding Rossi? Yeah, we talked about this on the Master Report podcast, so if there's overlap for people, I'm sorry. 
Uh, but well, you guys are much smarter over there than we are. So this I, is this is actually the this is the most actual soccer talk that we have ever done in the first twelve minutes of our podcast history. Well, we can change it up. You know, we can talk about yeah, it's okay. non soccer. We Look, can talk about drinking if you want. That's usually what we do. Right. Uh, I, I'm drinking water because we did some drinking for yeah, the did. game yesterday. Yes, we did. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, look, the, it was a cool idea briefly that the team looked into because, you know, why not try and keep essentially four designated players? It quickly became apparent that because of Darlington Nagby's salary, you couldn't buy him down. And, you know, blame MLS for having these rules, but those are I the do. Rules. I blame MLS yeah, a lot. That, and that's fine. Uh, but I, I know there was conspiracy theories out there that the league blocked this move and it was like well yeah the league did block this move because of the rules that were in place stupid rules for years ago uh yeah and you know this may result and i know inter miami's general manager i think has pushed for a fourth designated <laughs> player in the league you know maybe at some point in the near future you get that but um you know the crew weren't like screwed out of being able to keep this and i think it's important to point out well as cool as that sounds on paper and maybe in fifa I don't know how all four of those guys fit together in terms of actual tangible results. Oh, they'd have been fine. What are you talking about? Yeah, you know, you just throw guys out on the field and it always works. Um, So, you know, it would have been interesting to see, and I think there could have been... An alternate reality that's just like one away from ours, like in the multiverse, that's existing, and I would be excited to see that. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, like, just throwing attacking players on the field and just saying, go do it. Uh, would be very interesting. And that's not how Wilfred Nancy works. He's very uh, tactically inclined. So I'm sure he could have figured out something there, but it's just a lot of mouths to feed, so to speak. And uh, I don't know if it, it would have tangibly turned into as much as much production as people think just throwing out names on there. But certainly would have been interesting to see. We'll put a pin in that conversation. And when we come back, hell is real this weekend. What to expect here in the second game of the season without your head coach, Wilfried Nancy, he's still serving suspension from all of those weeks and months ago from that really awful performance by that ref over at the Death Star. We'll do that next. You're listening to Bone and Beam United. Now back to Bone and Beam United. Back here on Bone and Beam United, you can always tweet the program at Bone Beam United. T-Bone is celebrating his birthday week out in Colorado. We got our good friend from Massive Report, Patrick Murphy, with us here on the show this week. We were just talking about the Diego Rossi situation, Lucas Elrayon. Now, you're not sure that Diego Rossi immediately comes in and is an impact player. And like, I don't know. Everything that I was reading, I, my Turkish, I, I can't really read Turkish, Pat, but I've hit translate on many tweets uh, over the course of the last few weeks to like see what Fenerbahce fans have said about Diego Rossi. And, like They were thrilled to get him out of there, which, I don't know, was kind of a weird thing. Um, but every league has its own intricacies and uniqueness about him. Like, Turkey's a weird league. MLS is a weird league. Like, we all know that they have their own inherent un- uniquities. I don't know. You're the journalist. Is that a word? No, I don't. I don't think it is. Okay, uh, well, that, we've just made it a word, the, anyways. Um, but it's just such a strange league. Now you're not sure how much he's actually, if it's going, if he's going to provide something that it's going to be a little bit later on, and maybe isn't going to be the immediate spark. But I, I do want to give Bez credit because I saw this trade come down, and I was floored and very excited. And again, T Bone and I have talked about it. We've only saw him for a short period of time, but the addition of Julian Gressel, yeah, is going to be like. If you want instant impact 
immediate player to serve you the best supply balls, maybe in the history of the team. Like Julian Gressel is that guy, and he will be an immediate impact player, not only this weekend for Hell is Real, but moving forward in this chase down for the playoffs. Yeah, and look, he he started against Minnesota. I thought he played pretty well. Um, maybe the crosses weren't quite as good as they will be, just given new team and yeah. you know working with these new guys. But yeah, I mean, this was this was a nice bit of business. They found out that he was a guy who was available because he wanted to get back closer to the East Coast. Um, when it was first said that, I was like, Columbus, not That's my what first... I think of, yeah, close right. to East the East Coast. Coast. Yeah. Uh, uh, We're an East Coast town, don't you know that? Yeah, his wife is from Boston or somewhere We're around We're close there. to that. Yep, uh, closer than Vancouver yep. is what it ultimately worked out to be. So good, good for the crew. Um, he's a guy who's out of contract at the end of the year, so he's... You know, technically, I guess you're you're gonna have to figure that out. But I, the plan, from my understanding, is that they are, they want to keep him. Um, look, if if you've watched this kid play at Atlanta, at DC, a little bit different this year with Vancouver because he was playing more as a central midfielder, which is what he was in college. Um, he's he's been like you said, one of the best wing back, right backs, whatever you want to phrase it as, in the league. He was a rookie of the year. Um, he is one of the guys post the short period between Lucas and Rossi because that, that time when we didn't know what was going on in the yep. world. Uh, he was one of the guys that's like, well, yes, you lose a guy who can create chances and things like that, but you also gain a guy in, in Rossi who is going to create in a different way from, from out wide and whatnot. So it was like, he's a guy who can at least help make up a little bit. And now obviously with the Rossi move coming in, um, you, you, you have another guy who's going to do some different things, but Gressel will certainly help create. And like I said, he can kind of, I don't think he'll play central midfielder for you, but he can kind of cut inside and, and play like an inverted fullback. If you needed him to, um, he can get wide. I think his relationship with whoever's playing right center back is going to need to develop. I think that'll be Steven Marrera, but <laughs> look, just another attacking option for yeah. this team that has plenty of them already. And I think it just, again, it makes it fun to watch and they score a lot of goals. Return trip this weekend, back in MLS after League's Cup. Hell is real. FC Cincinnati. This is a Sunday kickoff, so it is not the traditional Apple TV Saturday kick. It's a day later this time. When you're looking at this return leg, how much is the absence of Wilfried Nancy going to play in this? Obviously, this team needs to not hemorrhage any points. They're getting down to a pretty critical run here. 11 games left to go in the regular season, let alone all the rivalry stuff. FC Cincinnati clipped you last time out of their place. Now you're trying to pay him back here at the Death Star. I don't think it's ever a good thing to not have your head coach on yeah. the sideline. I, you know what, Pat? It's one of the few things that we actually right. agree on. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> uh, I mean, you look at, if you think back to a month ago in the game at Portland, um, when when Nancy first served the first part of his suspension, the the tactical stuff in game is not decided by the guy who makes all the plans, right? So, and and the crew end up losing that one. Um, I think it'll be a little bit different being back at home, obviously. But yeah, you you'd like him there to to adjust things, to make subs. He can talk with the team before the game, but I think it's ninety minutes before is when he has to kind of abandon ship and go be a, up, to, up at the sweet level. Yeah. Uh, I w- am advocating that he just hangs out in the Nordic. Sure. Uh, I don't know who, who needs I've, fresh a couple of beers with him. I've put this out. I think he's more of a wine guy, Okay, but uh, I've put this out there to uh, the, the 
the fine folks over in the crew communications department. So far, no one has told me that the idea has been kicked up the the flagpole high enough to. I'm surprised you didn't just get a one return like email. It's like sorry, this didn't go through. Uh, just no. Yeah. In caps. Very, very <laughs> much no. Uh, but I think that would be fun. Frankie Haydick once did that at Good. the old Nordic, but that's a little different, I guess. Uh, Frankie's who's Frankie. a bigger partier, Wilfried Nancy or Frankie? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but I, so I do think it makes an impact, but I don't think it's like end of the world. You know, this game's clearly lost because you don't have Wilfred Nancy on the sideline. You know, I think you plan enough ahead of time and you trust uh, your assistant coaches to make decisions because they've worked with you long enough. Yeah, but even though even though he's not going to be there, I think a great shining example of like him tactically doing something totally out of the box was the Club America game. Like That's totally something that they don't do. Like they aren't a team that's going to consistently hit you on the counter attack. Now, if it's there and if it presents itself, like, of course, they will take advantage of that. But the way they compacted themselves in that game really let Club America throw the pressure on. And I'm sure Wilfried Nancy said, you know what? All right, we're changing up tactics. We got to play this way. Like, that's just something that they will be missing. And his communication won't be able to get down to field level if he sees something like that sitting upstairs. Yeah, and he talks a lot about, especially when he's been asked about substitutions or or tactical things, just about, like, you can plan all you want Mm -hmm. in a game, right? And then the game happens and you have to be able to adjust on the fly. And he's not going to be able to adjust on the fly. And in a rivalry game... You know, what if either team has somebody sent off? Sure. You know, that, that changes things, right? So then how do you adjust to that and, and whatnot? Um, it's, you know, it's certainly a loss. I think the fact that you've played Cincinnati already, so you kind of already have game planned and you've, you've kind of felt through a game with them helps um, whichever assistant coach takes over again. And so, you know, I think, I think it definitely plays a part. I don't think it will likely be the difference between winning and losing but again if, if something were to happen and you need a tactical or substitution or wh- yeah. whatnot that doesn't fall on the man who you pay to make those decisions for this game it's just uh you want to talk about you know kind of re- revitalizing I mean, vitalizing for the first time like fc cincinnati top of the east looking really fantastic coming in here very confident team uh coming into the death star i just got this for whatever feeling pat i I have a I have a weird like gut feeling that it's going to be the Cucho show. Like he plays great in these big moments. He did that against Club America. He did that uh, in their League's Cup loss against Minnesota as well. Like playing big for whatever reason. Like Cucho at the Death Star against FC Cincinnati. Like it just everything fits together for me for this game coming up for him. Well, I mean, I think it's gonna. You're going to need something, somebody like that. Well, that too, like a, a desperation that you're going to have to have something probably special. <laughs> yeah, but look, I think if you go back and look at the Cincinnati game in Cincy, it kind of tells you how both teams want to play, right? Since he got uh, kind of an ugly goal early, got a penalty kick, and then took advantage of a mistake by Patrick Schulte. Yeah. And Who has the, grown leaps and bounds, I think, since that Absolutely, moment. and I think that was a big, that's a big reason why, a learning experience for him. Um, but then you see in between that, when the crew came back from 2-0 down, there was some really pretty stuff there. Yeah. Uh, they were able to create a lot, dangerous chances. So, look, you're at home now. I think you want to dictate a little bit more of that kind of in-between, but you've got to be prepared for Cincinnati on the mistakes, uh, You know, whether it be at the back or, or turning the ball over at the wrong place because they will pounce on those. Mm-hmm. But to your point, Brandon, the – I think that's the first time I maybe have ever. I think it is. Brandon. I think it's that the first time anybody has called me that on this podcast. <laughs> that was weird. Sorry about that. Could, we should black just, out. We should, yeah. yeah, edit it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I do think you you need in the if you're going to play that way, you need somebody like Cucho 
uh, to step up in a big way. And that doesn't necessarily even mean like he ends the game with two goals and an assist. He just needs to be the guy that runs things, right? That, And it doesn't have to be, you know, him in the number 10 role and, and whatnot. He just, he's moved around all over the place. Um, he continues to, you know, leads the team in assists. Like mm-hmm. we didn't expect that coming in the year. He didn't expect that coming in the year. So you need him to be special one way or the other. And then you need other guys to raise their game as well in, in these type of games. And that's really what it comes down to, right? And these, these, Derby, Matt Darby, Derby matches, Derby, Derby, um, rivalry games is, is which team kind of seizes the moment. And, you know, ultimately in Cincinnati, it was Cincinnati. Now you're back at home. I think it's going to be a crazy crowd, even though yeah. it's unfortunate that it's a Sunday because Saturday night would have been better. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, the, the, the pig roast that they're doing get crew two on Saturday night is fun, but they could have done that Friday night. Uh, this is second straight year too. They've played this game in Columbus on a Sunday and look last year was electric, but I think it just, you know, Saturday people get after it a little bit more. And plus I think you get more Cincy fans coming you here. You get after it a little bit more. Uh, so does everybody else, but yeah. you do too. I mean, I'll get after it on Sunday just because, <laughs> you know, it's a day that ends in Y, right. but uh, yes. yeah, it's, it, I do think it would be a little bit uh, more fun on a Saturday night, but it is what it is. But I do think that place will be popping, and uh, that will certainly help the, the home team. Premier League week number one is in the books. We're going to get into that next. You're listening to Bone and Beam United. What a moment! Now back to Bone and Beam United. Back here on Bone and Beam United, we got our good friend Patrick Murphy, degenerate T-Bone. He is on vacation. He'll be back next week, though. Fear not. Recap of all things hell is real. Uh, Premier League started up this weekend, Pat. We, you and your lovely girlfriend, Sarah, had a beautiful brunch spread over at the Murphy household uh, on Saturday morning. We were watching all things 10 o'clock kickoffs. Fantastic. Back to the Premier League season. Now, City, the reigning champs, played on Friday. And I think you and I were texting back and forth like, my God, title race, like over. Over. It's (laughs) over already. Erling Holland scores two goals. They go on. They win. No problem. Uh, but what was your what was your biggest takeaway of the weekend? I know you and I love it, you know, early morning soccer, and then it transitions transitions to MLS a little bit later on in the evening. But anytime I can have a cold beverage in my hand on Saturdays, like I'm all for it. Like any yeah. other excuse for that to happen, I'm all good. But let's start with City. Do how I because I know you're going to say City's going to win the league, and I I fully agree with you. I think Arsenal's revamped a little bit, but is it as close as it was last year with City, or do they go? full-on like gas pedal all the way through the year this time real quick i have tried to explain to non-epl people why watching the epl is fun mm-hmm. and you just you know you get to get up at 7 30 in the yeah. morning and there's a reason to, not that you need a reason to have a beer at 7 30 in the morning but but you can yeah and like i don't i you know i get that some people don't like soccer i think they're crazy but um it's it's an excuse to drink early in the day when maybe you wouldn't anyway uh, look, I think as a Manchester United fan, City won three in a row, right? Mm-hmm. And I look to find a way to not, that they don't win the title. <laughs> and I don't know what, I mean, Erling Holland touched the ball six times in that first half and yeah. scored two goals. Yeah. And they were ridiculous goals. Um, you know, I thought maybe the second were, one was just yeah. nasty. I thought there may be some adjustment period for him last season. And there was, which is scary. Yeah. And he still, you know, was breaking records and and whatnot. Um, I do, you know, Arsenal didn't look great in their game. But they won. They did win. And they, they, you know, they lost 
Timber, who was one of their big signings yeah. this offseason. Came over from Ajax. Yeah, right? was a Ten Hag guy. Yeah. Um, so, you know, how do you adjust from that? I think Arsenal will be good, but can you do it again when you made that push last year? You know, our, Good signings for them. I, yeah, I like the team. Um, I like what Arteta does in terms of the style of play. And, and, you know, look, is Declan Rice worth the money they spent? I don't know, but he's a really good player. Yeah, uh, You know, he's a guy that's been linked with United, so I'm well aware of what he does. And I, I think he will make them better in there. Um, you know, I think that, that top four is is open. Um, Give me your top four because the way that I broke it down, and it was open to interpretation for the next two, but I went City, Arsenal, like one, two, and then I think you have a bevy of teams competing for that three and four spot. Yeah, I agree. And and look, there, I think if these signings don't work for Arsenal or they can't hit that spot, you know, hit that level again, um, and you saw them kind of fall off last year with some injuries and whatnot, then maybe that second spot's up for grabs too. Um, and then it, I also think, you know, can City motivate themselves? No yeah. one's ever won four in a row in since the Premier League started. So, like, it's not easy to do. Now, City is on a different level in terms of, the talent that they've got and it, it they should and the management. I mean, yeah, 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 absolutely. Genius. They should stroll to it. But yeah, it would not surprise me if, if city wins Arsenal comes in second. Um, you know, I think United certainly have the talent again to do that and finish third, but Newcastle's gotten better. They mm-hmm. looked really good on opening week. Um, Chelsea and Liverpool were those game. The game was kind of eh. uneventful, Yeah, but look, I think Liverpool started their kind of, rebuilding to this year in January last year, adding some guys and, um, you know, they didn't spend a ton of money. Well, they, they wanted s- to, they did spend a ton of they money. They wanted and to then, spend a whole lot on Caicedo, but <laughs> yeah. he said, no, no. Yeah. Um, so it'd be interesting to see kind of what their midfield ends up looking like Chelsea. How do you continue to fit these really highly they're hot, <laughs> expensive guys in there? Um, and you know, what does Tottenham look like without Harry Kane? We've only seen it once. It was the two, two draw with Brentford on uh on saturday sunday morning can can they find you know 30 goals that just walked out the door and it doesn't sound like they're going to go spend big right now at least um so i i think that top four it would not surprise me if liverpool climbs into it um you know does that knock united out if yeah they didn't look great oh no they looked awful um and I try not to, you know, you can't overreact to one week, right? Yes, you it's, can. I do it all the time. <laughs> okay, we can, yes. but from a, a very general sense, like you're you sa- you're sounding very T-Bonian today, is what you're sounding because he's like Ooh, I, he's he's more even keel. Let's let let the season play out. I'm on the roller coaster every week. It's every week I am I am either living, I am happy about the performance, or I'm sad, and it lasts me throughout the the entire rest of the week. Like, that's who I am. Well, it's a good thing that last year was game every, like, three days then, right? Right, yes, correct. you could get over it quickly. Uh, No, look, I think that's how most people are. I think that's how emotionally I feel as well. Um, You know, it's, it's interesting having done this media thing for a while now. I used to be really bad at watching sports, Mm -hmm. like – it dictated your life, everything. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I've been able to pull that back a little bit, but um, yeah, still now you watch Bravo. No. I do too. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Uh, but it all, I think it also helps that we do this whole red devils thing Yeah, because when they lose, we s- kind of sit around for a while and <laughs> have a few more beers and we, well, we do that if up. they win too. Right. But then we're already happy. But yeah. I think it does help uh, the mood a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean, if you want, if if you just want to react on week one, look, it's City 
in Newcastle's league yeah. and everyone else is playing for 20th because they were the best two teams. Uh, you know, not only just the results and if you look at the score, but watching the games, they look dominant. And I, you know, if, if you want to react to just that first week, um, I would say those are the two teams, put Arsenal in there, United in there, and then kind of everybody else was just kind of blah. Um, and United was kind of blah, to be fair. Yeah, they were very blah. We're going to get into that. We'll do a little Manchester United talk. Maybe some drama at Liverpool with Mo Salah and Jurgen Klopp. Boy, I would hate to see it. I know Pat would too. It's going to make our Liverpool fans very happy. Uh, this upcoming segment. And Pat's guy, Neymar, is moving on to bigger and better things. We will get into that next. You're listening to Bone and Beam United. You can always tweet the program at Bone Beam United. I'm handling the Twitter account, T-Bone, of course, uh, on vacation. We got our good friend Patrick Murphy with us. I would be remiss if I did not mention T-Bone every single year that we have done this podcast. He is a Sunderland fan, all right? Big Sunderland fan, but he adopts a team every year in the Premier League. T-Bone, who is not here currently, has adopted Aston Villa this year. Sorry. And he said, this is going to be the year they're not going to get relegated. Now, every team that he has picked has gotten relegated. We call it the curse of bone. And he was very confident heading into this year that that was not going to be the case. Bad news for him is that a team that you just mentioned, it's Newcastle's league. It's City's league. Newcastle thrashed Aston Villa over the oh, weekend. Yeah. Five to one. Newcastle, DFL on the table. Minus four goal differential, zero points. It's not off to a great start for the bone man. No, no, it's not. And look, uh, we were watching that game. Newcastle scores. Villa came right back and scored. Yeah, and it I was, was like, like, oh, this is going to be great. Yeah, and then it 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 wasn't unless you're a Newcastle fan. And I think our friend Adam and uh, our yeah. friend Bart are the only two Newcastle fans in the country that we live in. Uh, the rest of them are all in <laughs> the north of England. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Villa, look, I, I don't think Villa is going to be very good. Sorry, Bone. But Newcastle took advantage. Of, I mean, yep. you know, that's what you're supposed to do when you play a team that's not predicted to do well. Villa had a great run the second half of last year under Unai Emery. This is year two and you not under Unai Emery. And we all kind of know how that goes. Right. Not good. Yeah. And it's, it it looks unsustainable given what they've got talent wise. Now he's, he's a good coach, no doubt. But I think, and I think people who have only watched him in the premier league and I've only really watched him in the premier league. I've just heard about him in other leagues. Um, you know, think about his struggles at Arsenal. He's been really successful other places. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if he can he can keep this afloat for T-Bone. Um, I would not be surprised if they're not relegated, but I do think they will struggle. A bottom half? Yeah, I think I think so. All right. I know everybody liked them to, like, compete for top four, so we'll see what happens. I'm yeah, sure Bone... But you know what? Bone isn't here, so you're allowed to say whatever you want, Pat. <laughs> uh, maybe some drama with Liverpool. You mentioned that they're going through a bit of a rebuild. Of course they are. I mean, Sadio Mane, he leaves last year. He right. heads... Uh, to Bayern Munich, they've tried to sign Caicedo for a hundred and whatever million. Like that fell through. Apparently, they were the higher bidder on the deal. He wants to sign for Chelsea. There's nothing you can do about a player just wanting to sign for another team. So he moves on to Brighton. He moves to Chelsea. They're playing Chelsea in this game uh, at Stamford Bridge. It's one-one. Mo Salah gets subbed off in like the 65th, 70th minute. There's 20 minutes to go. It's a one-one game, and I don't know. And again, I'm not watching every 90 minutes of every Liverpool game, but when he was subbed off, he was a little bit surly towards Jurgen Klopp. 
He was not thrilled of being pulled off in the season debut, season opener, 1-1, chance for him to go. I think he had scored on six straight yep. uh, season openers. And like, he gets pulled off, and he's ripping his wrist tape off. Yeah. kind of gives Klopp, like, the, the hand motion, like, get away from me. I'm kind of done with you. Listen, I will say this objectively as a Mo Salah, staunch Mo Salah supporter, and he is a terrific player, and he has been part of our nightmare, Pat, over the past – However yeah. long he's been terrorizing us at Liverpool, that's not a good situation to be in week number one. Week number one. Now maybe maybe I'm I'm blowing it out of proportion, which I very well could be. <laughs> but when he walked off, I'm like, oh, I don't I don't know if that's a good situation for you, Jurgs. I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, it's always eyebrow raising yeah. right, when yeah. you get those reactions. Now sometimes they don't mean anything. Sure. And like, look, Cristiano Ronaldo did this, especially in this second stint with United, quite a bit. Well, that ended poorly. It did. It so. did. Uh, but some of those games were just he's frustrated because you're not winning and he wants to be on the field, right? But it's just how you handle it after the fact. If if you know it's okay to be frustrated to come out, but then you know you need to be there needs to be some smoothing over or whatever needs to be done behind the scenes. But certainly as a as a fan watching the game, it doesn't look good. Um, and you know you you want to hear positive things if you're a Liverpool fan coming out of that. And I don't know if anything's been said about it. Subsequently, um, I think this is a really interesting. The fact that they Liverpool, the fact that they didn't get Calcedo, mm -hmm. Calcedo is uh, could be problematic. I mean, you saw, had Fabinho go to uh, the Saudi Pro League, yep. Jordan Henderson, who didn't play a ton last year, go to the Saudi Pro League. You did bring in midfielders, but they're not really defensive midfielders. I'm not even going to try and pronounce. Yeah, so uh, so. Yeah, that I, one. I Dom, we're just going to call him Dominic today. Yep. Um, and then Alex McAllister, who I like, but both those guys aren't going to help you, you know, stop the other team going the other way. So I think, you know, that's kind of what they are lacking and where they've could still be the got difference. big verge back there. They do, but it's just, you know, in terms of depth and, and whatnot, um, I, I don't know. That could be, to me, that could be where uh, issues arise. Um, our, our friend, we have two Johns in our Manchester United yep. group. I'm not sure how much you talk about that. Um, we also have two Joes. We do have two Joes, two Johns. Yeah. And then I have a friend, Joe, who's also United fan. So he's Chicago Joe. Uh, but smart John and I. Yeah. Uh, that's one of the two. Not Johns. drunk John. <laughs> right. Uh, and not to say that other John isn't smart, just, you know, but that uh, we were talking the other day and he was just like, I don't buy Liverpool because they don't have a midfield. And I was like, well, they do have a midfield. They don't have a defensive midfield. Mm -hmm. He was like, he was like, I don't care that, you know, he's very out on them. Uh, I think they will be better than, than he expects. But if there is going to be an issue, I think it's that. Or the manager is fighting with the players. And yeah. That would really <laughs> disrupt things. I would just say on the, on behalf of the Manchester United conglomerate, you know, the contention, cont that too, contingent, that uh, we just, you hate to see it. I would really hate to see some contentious, uh, contentiousness there between Liverpool, between Jurgen Klopp and his players. Like I, I would really, I'd really hate to see that. Uh, let's get to United real quick, yeah. and then we can get to Neymar. 1-0 performance. Everybody had it on their bingo sheet. Wolves look like the better team. Rafael Varane, the opening goal scorer. And then Andre Onana, first game in the Premier League. Probably should have got called for a penalty at the very end. I don't end. know what you're talking about. Definitely should have got called for a penalty at the end. They get saved by the refs. Those refs have been suspended for a game. They're not going to be in this week's Premier League action. Is that um, re did that really happen? Yeah, it really happened. Oh, yeah, it came down from that. Sky Sports here this morning. Oh, wow. Uh, that they're not, they got suspended for that because they didn't call a penalty. Uh, thoughts on the 1-0, very easy. That's how you make it look uh, three points from United. 
disappointing, uh, I would say. <laughs> I'm actually I'm, I'm processing this refereeing thing because you mentioned that New York City game for the crew earlier, and yeah. everyone wanted that referee to be immediately suspended. Instead, he refed a game three days later. So look, props to the Premier League or whoever makes that decision over there. Yeah, I don't know if it's the uh, FA or the Premier yeah. League who's making that. But, but like, yeah, I mean, uh, jokes aside, that was a really terrible call if you saw it late in that game. Um, for Onana, who I thought played really well I otherwise. I do too, yeah. Uh, look, I I think they're still trying to figure out what they're trying to do tactically. Um, I was reading about it this morning. They, to me, it looked like they were kind of playing a triangle in midfield with Casemiro as kind of the, the bottom of the triangle and Mason Mount pushing up alongside uh, Bruno Fernandez. Mason Mount, who doesn't seem to have a role yet right now. Yeah. Um, what I was reading was that really what they were doing was making a box with Luke Shaw kind of tucking in to make that box midfield, which we've seen teams do. Arsenal did it a lot last year. Um, it didn't work. They changed it at halftime. It was better in the second half. But look, this team struggled to score goals last year. They came into the offseason saying, we need a goal scorer, you know, a, a experienced, proven goal scorer as the number one target. And then they went out and bought a central midfielder and a goalkeeper and a 20-year-old kid who scored eight goals last year, all of which could end up being really good signings. All of which could be bad signings. Yeah, so... Um, I don't know where the goals come from. Uh, you know, if, if Rafael Varane wants to just, you know, head a bunch in this year, that'd be great, but he's got to stay healthy. Lissandra Martinez has to be on the field past halftime. I mean, yep. it it was just a weird first game. It, it looked like they were still playing preseason. It did. And, and they almost got bit by the worst team in England. Yeah. And so, look, I think there will be better days for United, and we're going to have fun over at City Tavern regardless. Yes, but, um, yeah, it was not the, you know, I, I – after watching that last preseason game where they won 3-1 against Lens, I fully expected them to come out and just 2-3-0, get it done. But Wolves have traditionally played, you know, I think they've only, mm-hmm. United, it's like 8-6-2 record against, something like that. Surprisingly good for Wolves. It's kind of their bugaboo team, regardless of who the manager is. Um, you know, and credit to that, credit to Wolves. You know, they played pretty well. It's better than last year's season over, over against Watford, yes. which was a 4-0 loss for United. All right, before we get out of here, your boy Neymar gone to the Saudi Pro League. 100 he, mil. He's apparently making like 200 million a year. Uh, I think it encapsulates exactly kind of what Neymar's club career has been after he moved on from Barcelona. Yeah, I mean, Beam jokes he's my favorite player. He is not. I just... <laughs> I cannot stand the way he plays the game. Um, you know, like I get everybody falls down, but like the the gift of him, down a lot. the gift of him rolling from the World Cup, yeah, two World Cups ago, whenever that was, like it's it's a joke, but it's so real, and it it just it drives me nuts watching that. And I've gotten more and more used to you know the the hysterics of soccer players and whatnot, but I just can't with him and. Look, I don't think he's proven good enough on a consistent level to do that stuff and get away with it. He's very talented, but like it doesn't always translate, as you're mentioning, at the club level. And now you're going to the Saudi League, and what is he, 27, 28, yeah. something like that? Mm-hmm. Like, this isn't Cristiano Ronaldo at the end of his career or some of these guys that have gone over there. Kareem Benzema, you know, I guess he just won out of PSG that bad, and it sounds like a lot of people do. Yeah, and then, right? and then Mbappe said, you know what, I'm back in. Yeah, well, <laughs> maybe in. maybe there's your correlation there. Yeah. You know, maybe they don't get along and things will go swimmingly now. Um, yeah, I look, good luck to him over there. I'm glad he's making his money. He's got his bag. I am not going to tune in for the Saudi league very often, I don't think. Same. Uh, so I won't know, unless it's on Twitter, what he's doing. 
but and I'm sure it will be on Twitter because yeah, I already get up get updates that I don't I see need every Ronaldo goal exactly. of all time exactly. Uh, but yeah, I good riddance. Well said, Pat. <laughs> His favorite player ever leaving Europe and heading to Saudi I once, Arabia. I once told a friend of mine who is also a United fan if he because there were rumors at that point that he was going to play for United. I think I've told you this. I would stop watching. Um, and I feared that that was going to happen a couple times. And I was like, crap. Every time a do? rumor about Neymar joining Manchester United, I would send it to Pat. Yeah. Pat would be like, shut up. Nope. Don't even, I don't even want to acknowledge that this is even a possibility. Patrick, appreciate you popping by uh, today. Fantastic conversation. Looking forward to your coverage. Looking forward to Hell is Real. Looking forward to drinking some beers with you. Watching Manchester United games. Appreciate it, Pat. Yep. Thanks for having me, B. Degenerate T-Bone. He will be back next week. Hopefully Villa amass more than zero points. And hopefully the crew win at home in Hell is Real Part 2. We will be back next week. Talk to you then. Bone and Beam United.